This is Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and you're listening to episode 25. All right, we're going to just jump in at full speed today. I spent a lot of time in our last episode with a very long introduction. I'm good at that. So I want to just really get down to meat and potatoes today. We're talking about the grace-filled prayer life. This is part two. And our last point that we shared, part one, uh, point number one was make a move. You got to make a move in prayer. You got to You got to start somewhere. You can't just sit around and talk about it and pine about it and feel guilty for the times and the the space of your life that you didn't pray and that you didn't talk to God. And and again, we are the grace-filled prayer life. You're never separated from God. You're never apart from Him. He's always with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But sometimes we're not aware of that. And through vital dialogue and conversation with God on a regular basis... We can bring a greater sense of awareness that he's with us and we can talk to him like he's actually present, not like he's distant and far away, but he's right there. You're not praying to a God that's in another universe somewhere. He is in your world. He is in your heart. He's nearer than you could possibly imagine. So make a move. And if you want to find out more about those, that point, you need to go back to last week and catch up. But today I want to start with point number two, and we're going to finish off with six points about rethinking this whole prayer thing. And number two is to say it once, say it once. Some people feel like that if they keep saying it over and over and over and over again and praying it more, that same request, that same thought, that same idea, that same dialogue with God, that it's going to finally make him hear us. And then he'll answer our prayer. No, he heard you the first time. Daniel 10 and 12 tells us this, that he's talking to Daniel. Daniel had set his heart to seek the Lord. And God told him, he said, fear not for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. So Daniel 10 and 12 tells us that God hears us the first time we pray. So do we keep praying the same phrases over and over and over again? Do we keep, how about that in a relationship with your wife or with your friends or with your kids? If you keep asking them to do the same thing over and over and over again, let me tell you that can bring frustration on many levels. That can, that can bring frustration in a relationship big time because you're just talking yourself to death, saying the same things over and over and over again. You don't have to do that with God. Now, if you do, it's okay. God's not going to condemn you for it. But this is a powerful point in our prayer life that we don't, a dialogue with God doesn't mean repeating yourself over and over and over. We got to cut the redundancy out of our prayer life. You know, I don't tell my wife, I love her 18 different ways in one setting. Sherry, I just want you to know I love you and and you, you mean the world to me. And uh, from the day we met, we just, you know, what, what an awesome, you know, what an awesome day it was. And, you know, our wedding was such a beauty. And I saw you coming down the aisle and it was just, you know, just going over. I mean, come on, guys, we got to cut the redundancy out of our prayer. God knows we love him. You don't have to build God up and, and, and pump him up and butter him up because he knows he's God. He's an emotionally secure God. 
He doesn't need you to remind him how big he is or how powerful he is, how wonderful it is, how wonderful he is. So he'll answer your prayers. Sometimes building God up just builds him up in our minds, but it doesn't build him up in himself. He's all sufficient. He's self-sufficient. He doesn't need our prayers. He doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need our praise because he already knows he's God. So you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to just come into God's presence and then just butter him up real good. That's not the point of praise. The point of praise is reminding us how big God is. God, you're awesome. You're mighty. And I believe that you want to listen to what I say. And you're an, you're an almighty God. And what that does is it reminds us that he's capable and able. But again, you don't come to God based on fear. You come to him based on faith. Jesus never condemned the short prayers. In fact, he he was really hard on people about the long ones with all the rhetoric and the verbiage. Matthew 6 and 7, he said, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. God, God uh, compared religious people to pagans. You know, that made religious people mad. Jesus was always making religious people mad because they felt like their long phylacteries and their long prayers and their long drawn out phrases and eloquence and speech is what God got God to answer prayers. He said, he told a, a, a parable of the, of the Pharisee that came in and, and, and reminded God, I've paid my tithes and I've done this and I've been faithful to you all these years and I've walked in your statutes and I've obeyed your laws and blah, 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 blah. That's, it sounded like Charlie Brown's parents. That's what it sounds like when you babble before God like that because you're basing your prayers off of self-entitlement. Guys, it's not how faithful you've been. God does not answer your prayers because of your faithfulness. He answers your prayers because of his faithfulness. It's not based on your effort that God hears you. It's not based on your good works that God hears you. It's based on Christ that he hears you. He shouldn't even be listening to you. But because of Jesus, he leans into you. So you you got to get this whole idea that prayer has to be this exhausting you know, sometimes when we pray, we start praying and we pray the wrong words and we stop and we go, well, God, that's not really what I meant. God, God knows what you meant. God is listening to your heart, not your words. Don't pray out of a desperation and fear. Pray confidently. It's okay to be desperate. It's okay to have desperate times. It's okay to be in a, in a moment of panic or fear. God doesn't get thrown off by that. And I don't want to condemn those of you who are praying out of desperation. Sometimes desperation fuels us to, to fall on our face before God, but you don't have to pray desperately. I, I just wonder sometimes if, if we should stop when we say, oh, God be with us. I think we should stop there and go, wait a second. God is with us. Kind of pray what you recognize. Pray pray the truth around you. God, I thank you that you are with me. Remind yourself when you're praying that God is with you. Stop saying God be with us. I asked a friend one time, I said, man, do you really think we need to pray God be with us? And in his, you know, little country, little accent, he said, well, it all depends. Are you driving down the road? Or are you going down in a plane? (laughs) 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on a plane going down, if my prayers are going to change, but they're probably going to change. I'm probably going to say, Oh God, be with me. Help us. You know, sometimes it depends on what you're going through, the way you pray, but you know what? It's all okay. Call on the Lord. The point is, did you mean it when you first prayed it? Sometimes that's the problem. You know, sometimes we say things to God. We're talking about say it once and we repeat ourselves because we're not sure if we really mean it. I think what God's listening for is the heart cry, the heart. Do you really feel what you're saying? Because God heard you the first time you prayed, but what he's listening for is, is that heart cry. And, and let me ask you this. Have you humbled yourself? Look at that scripture we just read, Daniel 10, 12. Fear not, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God. Your words have been heard. That's, there's three things in there. It says, fear not. So the first thing we do, we approach God without fear. We don't have to approach him with fear, no matter what is going on in our life. We do not have to approach him afraid, condemned, worried, fretful, hiding, trembling. We don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be afraid to enter his presence. Fear not. Then it says for the, from the first day that you set your heart, that's number two, fear not. Number two, set your heart. Say, put your heart into your prayer. Don't rush it. Put your heart into it. That's why times with God are important because it gives us time to set our heart into it. I have a heartfelt determination to trust, to rest, to connect with God. My desire is here. Set your heart. And then number three, he says, you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself. Humble yourself. Prayer is a way to humble yourself. God, I can't do this. I'm out of control. I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't control it. I'm out of control. I humble myself. You're in control. And sometimes the best motivators for prayer is when everything is out of control because that reminds us you can't fix it. You can't control it. You can't change it. Only God can help you deal with it and God can bring about change. You're out of control and that's a good thing. So when was the last time you approached God without fear, you set your heart and you humbled yourself? This is a great foundation for all prayer life. So I want to say it once. Just say it once. And what do you do after that? You begin to thank God that he heard you. You don't have to ask him if he hasn't answered it yet. Just say, God, I know you heard me the first time. So I just want to thank you that you're a God who hears my prayers. And again, what that does is it reminds you that it's in his hands. Sometimes we pray as if it hasn't left our mouth and left the ceiling of our room. But when your words go out, when you... When you approach God fearlessly and you set your heart on it and you humble yourself, the moment your words come out of your mouth, God hears them. And you can remind yourself of that. Sometimes prayer is just reminding ourselves what God has already promised us because it sets our heart at rest. Prayer should not be an anxious, fear-filled thing. It should be a joyful, expectant, faith-filled thing. When you're approaching God and you're saying, God, I don't know how to do this, but you promised that you would take it if I gave it to you. You don't have to have the scriptures and the words in your mouth that are exactly right, but God hears your heart. So I'm going to say it once. Just say it once. We are probably going to have to have a part three on this. I'm fine with that. If you'll keep coming back and listening, I'll make a part three. 
Um, and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast today, if it's your first time, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to part one, but I also want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend or two who need to hear what you're hearing today and write us a review. It helps us to get the word out and point more lives toward Jesus, which is the goal and the purpose of every platform we have is to point life, point lives to Jesus and to filter everything through the new covenant gospel of grace. So again, uh, if we have to go into a part three, we'll go into a part three because that just means that there's more content there for you and it'll also help further and more fuel like rocket fuel your prayer life. Hey guys, before we continue, I just want to break in here and remind you if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with one or two other people in your relationships that need to hear what you've heard today. This just helps us bring more awareness to the platform so that we can get our content out to more and more people and help them discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. So let's jump back into part two, um, and I will come back at the end with a few closing comments. So let's talk about point number three. We've said, number one, make a move. Number two, say it once. Number three, talk to a person. Talk to a person. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is a person. Don't focus on a pattern of prayer. Focus on a person of prayer. I know we talk about the Lord's Prayer a lot. It kind of gives us a little guide. There's a whole new covenant approach to the Lord's Prayer that we need to look through, but we won't talk about that today. But don't focus on a pattern of prayer. Okay, now I've got my praise and my prayers out of the way, and now I'm going to make my petitions known, and then I'm going to start praying for others. And, you know, we kind of we have an outline of prayer. That makes prayer a bore and a chore. You're not bored again. You're born again. You're born into a relationship. You're not born into a practice. You're not born into a pattern. We don't worship God through a pattern. We worship a person. In the old covenant, it was all about patterns and methods and steps and procedures. And it turned prayer into this boring, lifeless. I'm telling you guys, prayer never has to be boring, ever. I'm never bored when I come into the presence of God, you're saying, wow, Tony, how have you, because I'm talking to a friend. I'm talking to a person. I've got to get you out of this pattern. I want to be like Paul. I urge you, brother, brothers and sisters, through the mercy of God that you present your hearts as living sacrifices. You're alive to God. You're not dead trying to come alive. Quit trying to bring yourself to life in prayer. You are alive. You're praying from a place of authority. You're praying from a place of victory. You're praying from a place of, of, of blessing. You're not praying for blessing. You're praying from blessing. You're not praying for Jesus to do something. You're praying from Jesus. So focus on the person. When you pray, talk to Jesus, mention his name. Hey Lord. Hey Jesus. Don't, you're not being disrespectful. You're friends. Jesus said that we can be friends with God. You're a friend with God. I call you my friends, Jesus said. Stop praying to me like slaves and bond servants and workers and employees. Pray like a person. Guys, 
it's so frustrating to me when I see people go, Oh, the Lord, mighty God, we set our hearts upon you. No, Jesus said, stop praying that way. How to, what, what? Are you condemning or criticizing? I'm not condemning that. People have habits. Just because you have a habit in prayer doesn't mean you can't break it and have a new, fresh perspective. I'm just telling you today, you don't have to pray King James. Thou, Lord, the one that has made the heavens, thy works declare of thy goodness upon the earth. We start praying with a British accent. No, guys, let me just talk about teenagers for a minute. Teenagers, when you went into your, your, to talk to your dad, you wouldn't come in, in there and go, Oh, Father, of all that I see around me, the one who owns the house, the one who pays the bills, the one who brought me into this world, I beseech thee by thy great mercies, to give me the keys to your car this Friday night. No, you don't pray that way. You say, hey, dad, can I, can I have the keys? You know why you ask him for the keys? Because you know he'll give them to you. You know that he's, you know, and he'll probably have some instructions for you. Take care of the car. Don't drive. Don't speed. Watch for the police. Don't make bad decisions. Make good decisions. That all comes with it. You're going to hear God say those things when you pray too. Take care of things. Do your responsibilities. But, but you're, not, you're, not, you're not praying to a King James God. You're, you're not praying to the British monarchy. You're praying to God. See, the King James Version was written during the time of very staunch British aristocracy and royalty. And so the wording and the verbiage is very much that way. Talk to Jesus like you talk to a person. He's not behind a veil or on the other side of the wall. He's not some mysterious figure. He's right there with you. He's a friend. You can call him Jesus. Teacher. He is the lover of your soul. He's a God that can be talked to in an intimate way. He's not, he's not some distant figure. Use normal language. Make your conversation authentic because authentic conversation unlocks sincerity. I'm going to say that again. Tweet that. Authentic conversation unlocks your sincerity. Be real emotionally. When you talk it out with God, you can walk it out with God. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. That means relax. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So relax, pray about everything, talk it out, be yourself, be thankful. Don't forget to thank God in your prayers. God, I thank you that you've got this under control and I thank you for what you've already done in my life. You've proved yourself over and over and over again. Again, you're reminding yourself of the goodness of God. He doesn't need to be reminded. You need to be reminded. Present your request to God. Be lavish. Be extreme. Be ridiculous when you pray. Present your requests. And then the peace of God. It's just like, it's good with God. Thank you, Lord, for listening to me. I know you're there. You know, teenagers want their parents to listen to them more than anything. they just like, Dad, will you listen to me? Mom, will you listen to me? Quit giving me instructions. Quit telling me what to do all the time. I just need you to listen to me. And God is saying, I want to listen to you. Come tell me everything. 
going to transcend all your understanding. Quit trying to put your understanding into it. Quit trying to come up with formulas and patterns and procedures. Just talk about it, leave it in God's hands and he'll give you peace. It'll tra- you won't even understand how you can be at that type of peace because it transcends all your understanding and let God guard your heart and mind. Don't worry about it after you pray about it. You've let it admit, you've let it be known. God heard you and it's good with God and remind him. Remind, I'm sorry, remind yourself that God's got you. He'll take care of it because when you talk it out with God, you can walk it out with God. I've talked with you about it, God. Now I'm going to walk with you on this. I'm going to walk away from this prayer that I've prayed. I'm going to leave it in your hands. I'm going to quit taking it back up and trying to figure it out and worry about it. God said, you talked to me. about we, we just talked about that. Now, why are you worrying about that? That's the kind of voice you need to hear because it's a peace that transcends your understanding. God is not the wizard of Oz behind the curtain, the man behind the curtain. You have access to God behind the veil. You're no longer having to approach the most holy place. The most holy place is inside of you. So pray that way. You have access, immediate connection with God. So number one, make a move. Number two, say it once. Number three, talk to a person. All right, those first three points were awesome. We've got four more points. Number four, lean on God. Lean on God. You know, it's not the power of our prayer that does the work. It's the power of our God. We need to just let God do all the heavy lifting. Prayer is not a workout. It does not have to be strenuous. It does not have to be uh, physically taxing, even though sometimes it is, depending on if we're desperate and we're anxious, it can feel like that. But what we need to do is take the heavy weight and give it to God. Cast all your cares on the Lord. Roll off your burdens on the Lord. The, the, the visual of that, it's a Middle Eastern version. When you hear the scripture, cast your cares on the Lord, roll your burdens. The picture there is a camel that gets on his hinds and kind of plops down and dumps his body sideways and dumps the baggage off. That's the visual picture of casting your burdens off on the Lord. Quit doing the heavy lifting. You know, there's a story of a of a flea that wanted to cross this bridge and there was an elephant that came to the edge of the bridge and the elephant was about to cross the bridge and so the flea jumped on the elephant and the elephant pounded across the bridge boom 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 shook the bridge and the planks were falling out behind him and it was uh the ground uh, on both sides of the the cliffs were shaking and the and the bridge was dipping down and the elephant was just bouncing and pounding and He got to the other side and the dust cloud just kind of dissipated and the flea whispered in the elephant's ear, boy, we just shook up a big commotion, didn't we? You know, the flea wasn't the one that crossed that bridge. It was the elephant and the flea just went on for the ride. That's what leaning on God is all about. I didn't say lean on prayer because a lot of times we feel like that it's prayer that's going to get the work done. No, prayer is coming to God and rolling it off on him. Prayer is the transition moment. Prayer is not what makes it happen. Prayer is what gives it to who makes it happen. Did you hear what I just said? Prayer isn't what makes it happen. Prayer is giving it to who makes it happen. Prayer is our moment of transition to stop carrying the weight on 
on our own backs. And to be like that flea and go for the ride of your life and watch while God stirs up a commotion, while God pounds the ground, while God makes the crossing over. Let God do the heavy lifting. Come to him and say, God, I am done with this burden. I can't carry it anymore. Take it and dump it on him. Literally, you can do that. God doesn't go, yeah, I don't want all that. No, 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 that's just, that's too much for me. You've got some things you've got to do. No, give it to him. Stop worrying about it. Stop trusting in your own power in your prayer. It's not the power of prayer that gets the job done. It's not how how much effort and how much strain and how many tears you cry and how much sweat and how much food you go without and, 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 and how long you're in that room. God doesn't go, boy, you really mean business. I guess I will hear. No, 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 no. He heard you the first time you prayed. We've said that already. Daniel 10 and 12. Now roll it off on God. You can have a moment of faith so powerful that the moment you transition it, God takes it. But if you want God to take it, you got to give it. So lean on God. Let him do the heavy lifting. You know, the Bible says faith works by love. You know what that means? It doesn't mean the more faith, the more love you give, the better your faith will work. You know, people think, well, you know, my faith, faith worketh by love. So I've got to love people a lot and I've got to, you know, be kind and compassionate to people. So God will hear me. No, no, no. The Bible says faith works through love. In other words, I know that God loves me. I know that he is for me. I know that his grace has been given to me. And so if I know how much God loves me and I know how much he wants to bless me, how much he wants to carry my burdens, then my faith will work effortlessly because when I come into his presence, I know he loves me. I know he's for me. I know he's not against me. There's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So when I pray, my faith works because I know he loves me. It's when I'm not certain about his love for me. It's when I'm not certain about his goodness and his intentions. When I feel like God is mad at me or disappointed in me or, or holding something against me, it stops my faith from falling short. And I pray prayers like in the old covenant where David begged God to do things. And don't forget me. I've been righteous. I've upheld your law. Answer my prayer. Please, please, God, please, God, please, God. I beg you. I beg you. That's how King David prayed. We don't pattern our prayer after King David. We pattern our prayers after God, God's promises and what Jesus taught us. We don't pattern our prayers off of Moses' prayers. We pattern our prayers off of Jesus' prayers, how Jesus told us to pray, how the new covenant tells us to pray, that we have access. We're not going through a system. We're going through a person and it's immediate access. Jesus said, I am the door to God. He didn't say Moses is the door to God. So we've got to get out of the old covenant when we pray and get into the new covenant and pray the way the new covenant tells us. We don't pray for the victory. We pray from the victory. You know, when you turn to God, you don't really have to look up. Just turn to your right. He's right there. (laughs) Maybe you should try that next time when you pray. Just instead of looking up and straining to get up past your ceiling, just for a visual sake, just look over at God and just see him right there. Or another way I, I, I can say this is for a visual is when you pray, stand up at your door frame and lean up against your door. Put yourself in a relaxing posture. People say, well, I got to pray on my knees because I got to make it serious. No, you can sit in your chair and lean back because you're falling into grace. 
You're, you're turning to God by leaning into him. Lean on God. We're seated with him. If we're seated with him, then pray sitting down sometimes. Get in your chair, get your Bible in your lap, and just relax back into the chair because that's a throne. You are leading and praying from authority. We don't pray up. We pray down. We don't go pull me, pull the blessings down. God, No, no, no. We pray and send them down because we're seated with him in heavenly places. And remember, we pray in seasons. Some seasons, man, are more intense than others. We live in seasons spiritually. Sometimes there are seasons in our life where we're really, really launching out in prayer and we're just, we're just praying and it's intense and it's a serious season in our life. And we're, 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 we may be praying frustrated. It's okay. You don't have to be frustrated, but you might be frustrated. So just be who you are. You may be angry. You may be upset. You may be hurt. You may be depressed whatever you're going through, pray in those sincere ways because God listens to your heart. But there's going to be seasons where your prayers are intense and longer than the others. And then some seasons you're going to be really, really busy during the day. And, you know, I can see the mother with four young children, two babies and one in each arm trying to vacuum and clean and go to work and, and, and whatever. And you can't tell a mother like that, that she needs to have two hours in prayer every day. We're in seasons Some of you have young children and you're busy all the time. You never seem to stop. God sees you. God knows what you're going through and he's listening to the thoughts that you lift up to him. So don't be condemned for the season you're in. Don't size up your relationship with God by the season of your relationship with God. I'm going to say that one more time. Tweet that. Don't base your relationship with God on the season you're in. Don't size up your relationship with God by the season of your relationship with God. You know, prayer, uh, Revelation 5 and 8, and then Revelation 8, 3 through 5 talks about our prayers filling up golden vials or golden bowls. You know, sometimes our prayers are filling up these bowls in the heaven and they're filling up and they're filling up and they're filling up. And it, there's another scripture in Revelation that talks about the prayers of the saints being poured out onto the earth, coming back as peals of lightning and thunder. You can read about this in Revelation 5 and 8, and then in Revelation 8, 3 through 5. I call that the tipping point of prayer. Sometimes when we're praying, God is just collecting these prayers, and eventually it gets so full that it tips back out, and it comes back down only instead of in, in the prayers that you prayed, it comes back in the power and lightning and thunder, and it starts to have that effect. It's kind of like that little bucket at the swimming pool, you know? Um, you know, you stand underneath that tipping bucket, and as the water begins to fill up, the bucket begins to tip out, and, and then it tips back down on all the kids that are standing around it. That's what prayer is like sometimes. It's filling up. So if you're not getting immediate responses, just keep talking to God, and Eventually, those prayers that you've prayed are going to fall back down on you in power. And I just want to tell you that the wall of China wasn't built in a day. It was a laying of each separate brick that made the difference compounded in the end. So lean on God. Quit leaning on yourself. Quit leaning on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Trust him. Acknowledge him. Lean on him. Don't lean on your prayer 
power and your prayer language. And, and when I say prayer language, we'll talk about that more specifically, but, but your verbiage, your prayer verbiage, don't lean on that. Don't lean on how well you say it. Don't lean on, on how long you pray it or how much effort or how much sweat equity you give into it because your sweat equity isn't what gets you the results in prayer. It's what Jesus did through you with his blood. Your prayers are based, are blood-based. Your prayers have blood backing to them. Your prayers have the sacrifice of Christ backing them. And you know that when you lean on that, nothing but great things can come of it. Man, that's all the time I've got for today. I'm going deep on some of these points. So we're going to have a part three like I prophesied in the beginning. And I hope this has encouraged you and just kind of lightened up your perspective of, of what prayer is all about. You know, we're about pointing lives to Jesus and sharing the gospel of grace and telling people that this is a relationship with a person. It's not a doctrine. It's not a pattern. It's not a system of faith. It's a person. And we want to share this with more people. So you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast, sharing it with a friend or two that you know needs to hear what you heard today. And then leave us a review, write a review, tell us what you think, put some stars on there. We, you can put as many stars as you want, but we need to hear what you think so that we can point more lives to Jesus and share the gospel of grace with everyone else around us. So next week, I'm coming at you with part three on the grace-filled prayer life. And until next time, we'll see you.